It's midseason award time for the San Francisco 49ers. Eight games down, nine to go. Who are the most valuable players so far this season in San Francisco? Chase Young talking to the media and the missing link maybe coming to town as well. All that and more coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Lockdown 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always and a very special special guest as we do on this Winky Wednesday episode. I do appreciate all of the everydayers out there that are tuned into us every single day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day is what we do. Love all the everydayers, whether you uh, watch us live on YouTube where you should be subscribed or you listen audio everywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, we appreciate you. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Nicholas Winkler joining us today on this Winky Wednesday episode. My former radio colleague, former TV anchor. He is a game show extraordinaire uh, and uh, my former 49ers podcast host as well. Nicholas Winkler at Bay Area Wink on Twitter at BD Peacock. At Eric underscore Crocker. Wink, uh, appreciate you joining us once again here on Lockdown 49ers. And uh, I think it's time to get these midseason awards going. But before that, there's some big news. And maybe the mojo, guys, that the San Francisco 49ers have been missing in their last three losses. And that is one. Dante Johnson, back for a workout. Back for a tryout with the San Francisco 49ers. What do you think? Uh, One more go around with Dante Johnson, Wink. Why not, right? The guy's been all over the place. He's probably got a bunch of dirt on other teams, too. Seahawks, uh, you know, others. So bring him in. Let's go. I think Dante Johnson has always been a really good pro for the 49ers. And I think when you hear his name, it's kind of like, man, just kind of go away. You know, go away. You don't need need to come back. But I think in the times that he has been on the 49ers in the past few years, I think he was very serviceable. He was a guy that filled in at multiple positions, whether it was outside cornerback safety or in the nickel spot. Um, obviously, he understands the system and what they're asking of him. He might know it better than Wilkes right now. So I, I, I think people just get tired of hearing Dante Johnson's name, and he's been around for a really long time. But uh, that might be one of the 49ers' better draft picks in recent years. You know, I was trying to figure out why, because the 49ers held about 10 different workouts here. Uh, and it looks like, uh, according to Sterling Bennett here, has it has it listed out. Um, offensive lineman Isaac Alar- Alarkin? I've never even heard of that guy. Henry Bird, uh, Sebastian Gutierrez, Bobby Hart, the veteran, Cedric Obuhe, the veteran. Um, and that makes perfect sense with the offensive line. Trent Williams uh, not practicing to start the week, and he's been out for a few weeks. And, and uh, now we do know that, uh, left guard Aaron Banks is is out with his turf toe as well. So the 49ers still might be without both of those guys on the left side this week. So it makes sense they're trying to bring in offensive linemen. But uh, to my knowledge, there hasn't been any DB injuries. But they brought in Dante Johnson, as mentioned. Uh, Rashawn Wright, the rookie. Kimon uh, Hall, who I've never heard of either. Lorenzo Burns, Jacoby Francis. So a lot of guys out there on the street. And as much as I follow football, like some some names I was surprised to see. You know, the Bobby Hartz and the Cedric Ogbuhe, we've seen them around. They've started games in the NFL. Dante Johnson, we know, but uh, some very unfamiliar names there. Uh, but the, you mentioned it, Croc, there with the, the nickel thing. I wonder if it's it's about the nickel right now. The 49ers are trying to figure out with bringing in someone like Dante Johnson and his versatility. 
And sometimes they might have a thought of like, hey, this might be an issue down the line. Let's see if Dante Johnson's in good shape. And it might just be that. That will be, you know, explained to him before he does the workout. Hey, you want to see where you are just in case we need to bring you on at some point during this year. Stay in shape. Be ready because that phone call may come if we have an injury at any spot. Um, the, uh, the 49ers practice window as well for speaking of cornerbacks, which is why I was surprised to see corners brought in. Cause they have a couple guys coming back. And so the two 40, man, 49ers been hitting home runs in the fifth round. So both the 49ers fifth rounders, and I almost forgot that Robert Beal existed. Uh, Robert Beal's practice window has been open this week. 49ers fifth round draft pick edge rusher. Uh, Darrell Luter, 49ers fifth-round pick, cornerback out of South Alabama. His practice window has been open this week coming off the pup list. And Samuel Womack as well, cornerback, second-year guy, who I'm excited to see for the 49ers, who they didn't like inside as much, might be more of just an outside-only player for them because they didn't like his physicality against the run. But I still think there's an opportunity for him to work in and be a part of this team in the second half for Samuel Womack. So all three of those guys, the practice windows have been open, but with the two extra corners at practice, I'm surprised they are still talking to corners and bringing them in. So uh, clearly they're trying to figure something else out at that position. Yeah. It's probably a safety net situation, right? Where if those yeah. guys aren't ready to come back, then you like Croc said, you have a little bit of insurance. Hey guys, we might not bring you in right now, but if these guys aren't working out and uh, you know, their practice windows open, but they're not ready to go, we might need you. Chase Young speaking to the 49ers media for the first time. He said uh, he he loved it. He was excited that he was traded to the San Francisco 49ers. The way he put it was, quote, I wasn't mad. Nick is here <laughs> talking about Nick Bosa. Uh, always been a big brother to me. Just stepping in uh, here for today. Got in here last week. Just the culture. The vibe is a lot different. Throwing a little shade at Washington, by the way, a little bit. Uh, as well here. Yeah, he says, uh, just the culture. The vibe is a lot different. I definitely know what. Uh, I definitely know that I'm in the building with winners. So there you go. Uh, winning culture is what Chase Young is excited about so far. Did wear the one number 92 at practice on Monday. And it got me thinking, uh, guys, best 92 in franchise history. Can, can Chase Young pull that off in half a season and become, because it's not a big time number. I can't. Uh, uh, Kerry Hyder most recently, right, was, was number 92. Um, a guy had jumped into my mind, and I was—I can't believe I thought of this guy's name. Uh, and do you guys remember late '90s defensive lineman Roy Barker? No, '92. No, he's kind of a—he he was a—he was a sort of not big time, but he was a free agent signing. I remember big bodied defensive end type, number '92, Roy Barker, uh, maybe the greatest '92 in 49ers history. That's I can't think of any other. I feel like there are some better numbers in the 90s than 92. Like 91, it just looks better. 99, everybody wants that. 95, that's a good one. Probably 97. 92 is kind of whatever. But I will also say this. If you know how to put it on, and that not, not everybody knows how to put a uniform on. Some people are just kind of born with this innate ability to look really good in uniform. Underrated uh, you can be able to wear a uniform. Yes. You, you can almost pull off any number. So... Because Chase Young of kind of how he's put together his kind of swag on field stuff, the 92 looks really good on him. Like Deshaun Goldson, I think he looked really good in 38. 38 is a hideous number, but he knew how to put on a uniform. So he kind of made it look uh, better than what it really is. And yeah, some guys, are guys out that. there, right? Like uh, Alvin Kamara, 41. 
Come on. Yeah. Saquon Barkley. What are you guys doing? There, there will there will there will not be any f- number forty one disrespect. I think forty one is a great number and actually How a little underrated. But <laughs> I will say this. He 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 really he makes you forget that he's wearing number forty one. Like he looks he that good in number forty one. So yeah, there are certain guys that just know how to put on a uniform. Kamara definitely is one of those guys. Uh, sorry, and also didn't mean to disrespect former number ninety two Quentin Dial either. Okay, Ooh, I do remember Dial. He, he's solid. Yeah. All right. So uh, Chase Young in the building is he potentially? Wait, what number is Reggie White? Ninety two. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. It's a power. It's it's a it's been a power number for the 49ers. Power ends. All those guys. Reggie White didn't wear like anything on his arms though. So he kind of when we talk about putting on the uniform, he was great and he was gonna be great regardless. The swag was nasty though. He could put on <laughs> he didn't wear like gloves, wristbands, yeah. no, no tape on his wrist, no nothing. Just out there, bare arms throwing guys around with that big club move. He just throw guys out yeah. the way. Yeah, his power and game was his swag. Yeah, he, he put other guys <laughs> on the backs of their uniforms. That's what exactly. Uh, Chase Young, the net, the new D Ford for the San Francisco 49er mm. defense, possibly. And let's get into some midseason awards now after eight weeks of the 49er season. Next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when it's time to buy tickets for the next big event. It should be uh, not a stressful situation. You should be excited about going to an NFL football game. Uh, all the sports, music, comedy, theater tickets near you. Game Time, fast and easy way to buy all the tickets for any of those events. And with last-minute killer deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Uh, I loved buying tickets for San Francisco Giants game and how late minute, you know, late last minute I could go get a, a, a ticket to a game. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go to the yard. Got Friday night off. The Giants are in town. Let's go. And I don't, no advance notice. Looked at the seats like, yep, love that view. You see the view from your seat. Couple t- couple taps. You got tickets. They're right there on the app. You don't have to dive and, and dig through your email either because the tickets are going to be right there on your game time app. And the best of all, all prices show up with the total upfront. So you don't get hit with those hidden fees that I can't stand when I'm big buying tickets for my next favorite event. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on NFL. One word locked on NFL for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. So there was a question on YouTube, guys, and the question was, prime of their careers, who's better? Is it D Ford or is it going to be Chase Young? And the initial thing I thought of is like, well, first of all, it's D Ford because we saw what his prime was and Chase Young hasn't gotten there yet. And Chase Young hasn't had his prime, but his prime could be coming and his prime could be better than D Ford. Is this what the 49ers defense has been needing since 2019? Is that that Robin to... Nick Bosa to Big Brother's Batman because this could be it. And Chase Young has the ability to be even better than D4. Yeah, I mean, going into the season, right? I was saying the biggest guy that was going to benefit this season going in was going to be like a guy like Drake Jackson, right? Because he was going to be opposite Nick Bosa. And then they went out and got Gregory, and it's like, okay, here we go. Another guy opposite Nick Bosa that's going to feast. And neither guy has really done a lot. Gregory's been good. Hey, Drake Jackson had a couple moments early on, but. Now you're putting a guy like Trace Young, who's shown flashes of just being fantastic 
in the NFL. That rookie season, amazing. He's already off to a great start this year. I, I think this is going to be huge for the 49ers. I, I like your kind of D Ford reference there because 49ers, I think, soured a lot on D Ford, kind of how it ended, right, with all the injuries and everything. But early on, when he first came on board, man, he was a wrecking ball. He, he was fantastic for the 49ers. And if he's anything like D Ford when he first came over, this is going to be a great move by that front office. Yeah, I think D4's biggest issue was his inability to just stay on the field. E even in the first year, D4 was with the 49ers. He missed some time and then came back, and there was a noticeable difference. Re remember, the 49ers, again, we kind of talk about what they're going through right now defensively, nice little lull, right, like not playing their greatest football. There was a stretch in the 2019 season where they were giving up a lot of points. They weren't playing great football on the defense side of the ball, and I think a big part of it was missing D4. And when the playoffs came, they got D4 back. And, man, that defensive line between the, the, the wild card game against the Vikings, the divisional round game against the, uh, the Packers, or it might have been divisional round, excuse me, divisional round against the Vikings, and then the uh, championship game against the Packers. Like, th that defense was dominant. And then for 3.5 quarters in the Super Bowl, like, dominant. And I think D4 was really a big part of – the the reason why they were good like that. So I think they're trying to recreate that. We'll see if it works out that same way. But again, health is a big part of it. And I think that's been a big issue with Chase Young as well. And like just in terms of kind of his development, being able to stay on the field. And how important it is to have that impact edge rusher and, and putting pressure on opposing teams quarterbacks. Because remember what the 49ers looked like the first couple of years of this new regime? That defense is non-functional until 2019. All of a sudden you go, okay. Boop, here's D Ford. Oh, here, boop, here's Nick Bosa, fully formed as any rookie edge rusher has ever been. And it completely transformed the entire defense. And so it that was that really is so different. Important. And they're still trying to figure out who that guy is. Drake Jackson had those three sacks that you mentioned, Wink, in the first week. He's been a ghost since then. Yeah. It was really difficult back then to beat out Cassius Marsh. So, you know, they had to, they had to figure true. out yeah. how to really get better than Marsh. <laughs> One of the famous early quotes, I was like, oh, my gosh, did we go from uh, did we go from Trent Baalke to did, did someone just say that it's real tough to beat out Cassius Marsh? Is this the direction that this regime's going to go? Uh, and Good then they're like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, it turns out we do need to upgrade there. And so let's go spend a second rounder, big free agent money and a number two overall pick on those edge rushers. And OK, now we're styling. All right, guys, uh, midseason awards time. MVP of the San Francisco 49ers through the first half. Still more games to play than the 49ers have played. Nine to go, eight games down, though. But this is a perfect time at the bye. Mid-season, feels very mid-season-y. Time to turn the page, get ready to go in here in the in the second half of the year. Uh, who's been the MVP for you guys so far in 2023? Wink, we'll go to you first. I think there's a few guys you could put on this list. But for me, it's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, without him, this 49ers offense... It is not anywhere near to what it's been, right? I mean, the guy scores touchdowns every single game. He's a threat every time he touches the ball. He's a threat in the pass game. He just he makes defensive coordinators probably just gives him nightmares. Probably like, okay, we always have to account for where 23 is on the field all the time. The guy's a stud, and uh, and I'm really glad he's a 49er right now. Croc, who you got? MVP. Yeah, I have to go Christian McCaffrey as well. I'm, I was trying to think of a different way to kind of spin it to maybe pick someone else. But, you know, we've seen the offense right now without guys like, you know, Debo Samuel, without Trent Williams, and how maybe that has affected the quarterback position as well. It would, if the offense looks like this with 
Christian McCaffrey and you're kind of missing some of those guys. I absolutely do not want to see what the offense would look like without Christian McCaffrey. And because of that, I do think that he's probably the, the MVP, most valuable player on this roster right now just to keep things afloat if everything else around it isn't perfect. I'm going to throw a couple of names at you guys really quick here. Um, seeing how the first five games went, seeing how the last three games went without these two guys, does it show how valuable Debo Samuel or Trent Williams are to this football team? And should they get more votes seeing what the 49ers look like without them than uh, even how they played when the 49ers had them? Definitely. I mean, you the offense hasn't put up the points. The defense hasn't been as bad as everybody's saying out there. They're not giving up that many points. It's just the offense isn't scoring 30 like they were doing during the first five games. And that's because they don't have Debo Samuel and they don't have Trent Williams. And those those are two – you're talking about the best left tackle of football and one of the best wide receivers in football missing from your offense at the same time. That's going to affect any team in the NFL. So hopefully, you know, we see Debo back at practice. That's wonderful to see Trent Williams still not back yet. That's a little scary. But you're, you're right, Peacock. Without those guys, this is just a different football team. It has been very different, but the one thing I will say, and Peacock kind of referenced this a few days ago, last year without Debo Samuel, the offense still put up 30 points per game. So it feels like they're definitely missing that impact from him, just his ability to score anytime he touches the ball, uh, the variety of ways that they utilize him, whether it's in the passing game or the running game. But when you go back to that stat last year, it kind of skews it a little bit. So I, I would say out of those two, Maybe Trent Williams is a little bit more important, especially if the rest of the offensive line is going to be great. You have to be able to count, you know, uh, count on someone or one side. And I think, you know, we talk about Trent Williams, Aaron Banks. You know, he's kind of been banged up a little bit as of late as well. Like, how much has that been affecting this line? So you, you go from having, you know, three guys that you kind of question a little bit with Brindle and and uh, Beerford and McKivitt to now it's like, man, the entire offensive line is it's kind of questionable. And I think you could make an argument for Brock Purdy and all this, right? I mean, that for the first five games, people were ready to be like, oh, he's the next big thing. Like, this is a franchise quarterback. This guy gets it done. He's the next Joe Montana. All right. And then he struggled a little bit over the last three games. Got some turnovers. And maybe that has a lot to do with no Debo and, and no Trent Williams, right? And I think the 49ers, as, as Brock Purdy goes, I think the 49ers go. So I think you could you could easily make an argument for him as the MVP as well. Yeah, and that's my pick, Wink. I got Brock Purdy as my first half MVP, and uh, I said it a few weeks ago, and and I would still stand by it. And you know, the, like, McCaffrey hasn't done much the last few weeks. Uh, he's still getting those touchdowns, but you know, like two and a half yards per carry. Um, and you know, Trent. I mean, how many big runs is McCaffrey had on the left side behind Trent Williams? So you know, Trent Williams is a sneaky one for me right now, seeing how this season's going. Um, if I'm gonna go Brock Purdy, I would rather see the 49ers play with. Jordan Mason at running back and Brock Purdy at quarterback, then, you know, have to start going down the list of, um, of quarterbacks there and, you know, and, and play with uh, Jordan Mason at running back or, you know, so that that's, um, and, and Brock has been awesome. And I, not to, not to reopen this conversation, Croc, but there were some folks that were like, took offense that we were like talking about how good CJ Stroud was, you know, and like, as the, like, just like offended about uh, our that, that we hate Brock Purdy. He's like, I love Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy's awesome. He's like, he can be good, and other quarterbacks can also be good at the same time. And like, I'm giving my MVP award. I, I've talked great things about Brock Purdy. And to be honest with you, I know the the win loss hasn't been good the last few weeks, but I don't, I don't think Brock Purdy's played that much different from what we've seen from him in the first whatever twelve games of his career. 
I, and we've been really strong on saying that. I feel like we've been very fair with our analysis or even criticism of Brock Purdy. We've probably shown him the most love, like consistently out of anybody just saying, hey, like, I think he is playing well. It's that, you know, 10% of the time where he's kind of made a weird decision uh, and really more so because of how his game is kind of predicated on timing and rhythm. I think mm -hmm. at times it can kind of get him in trouble a little bit. But, you know, we said, man, he looks like same guys last year. So if you loved him last year, you should love him this year outside of a throw that the opposing team has capitalized on. Um, I think he is playing well, but definitely has to do a better job of taking care of the ball late in games. Uh, but, you know, with Stroud, I saw the comment on Twitter today. Well, I saw it today. I think they put it on there yesterday saying that we were crowning Stroud as some elite quarterback. I'm like, we, we never said that. Like, I never <laughs> said that Stroud was elite. I, I don't think – I don't think Peacock said that either. We just talked about how, hey, you know, my biggest thing has been, and this is part of the quarterback, your, when your defense isn't playing well, can you carry the team? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. small sample size with Stroud, but when his defense gave up 37 points, he figured out a way to throw for 500, five touchdowns, and put up 39 points, which is more than 37, so they win the game. And I thought a lot of people have been talking about firing Wilkes even after, I mean, gave up 22 points against the Vikings. And it's like, oh, you're so terrible. I'm like, well, your, your offense has to be able to score more points than that. Even yep. if it's you're missing a Debo Samuel, I'm like, who the hell are these guys for the Texans? Like, who, you know, Tank Dale, like, I I know who he is, a receiver out of Houston. I watched him at Senior Bowl. Like, yeah, he does a lot of good things. Most people don't know him. You know, who is uh, Noah Brown? Yeah, Noah Brown. Noah Brown, right? My brother's right here. He watched him for Dallas Cowboys for a lot of years. Like, he's afterthought in the Cowboys offense. And there's one other receiver that did it well. But, and then Dalton Schultz, like, yeah. he was kind of a castaway of Dallas as well. He's playing well tied in. But we're talking about all these guys, and everybody's like, oh, well, 49ers offense looks this way because you're missing Debo Samuel. It's like, well, you still got Kittle and Ayuk and Christian McCaffrey. But I see this rookie overcome a, a, a defense, his defense led by D'Amico Ryans that gave him 37 points. So this is not like a he the Stroud is so amazing. I think you would assume he's kind of supposed to do that. He was drafted really high to do those things. But the 49ers, you have to get more out of either your quarterback or just your supporting cast when your defense doesn't have their greatest performances, which give up 22 points. Oh, he didn't get the ball back or whatever. Then or give up 31 points. And and that's tough. But hey, maybe don't throw an interception in the red zone. Maybe don't. Throw another fumble interception, the basically road. the next drive, or fumble, or throw an interception. It gets called back for roughing, and then you fumble the ball away. Like, don't do those things, and maybe you have an opportunity. That doesn't mean I hate Brock Purdy. I think he's right. he's done terrific, but there, you know, he's is not without flaw, just like anyone else, just like Stroud. Maybe the week before when they played against Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Tank Dell, smallest tank of all time, by the way. Um, next, <laughs> we got to look at the defensive side of the ball. Rookies of the year, the first half of the San Francisco. 49ers, and of course, Winks Wish Watch coming up. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by DoorDash. And when you think of football, at least when I think of football, I think of food. I think of what the spread is going to be uh, when it's timeout, when it's halftime, when you got a little bit extra time. It's like, okay, what's that? What's that going to be? What are we going to? What are we going to do here? What are we going to have? Uh, I love the Kizar Wings bullet bourbon wings keys our pub in san francisco uh that is a fantastic football food wink i know you got one in the monterey area right for doordash oh zab zab their pad key mal Ooh, next level zab zab there you go uh Find whatever you need at DoorDash for your football spread. You can also do retail and groceries as well 
at DoorDash. And make sure you're watching football in style. That's 50% off as well for our listeners, up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order at DoorDash when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget, use code LOCKED23 for 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. Okay, uh, first of all, guys, I just got to say, uh, kind of disrespectful on our part, we're just... We just glossed right over anybody on the defensive side of the ball for our MVP of the San Francisco 49ers in the first half, but we do have a Defensive Player of the Year award. Uh, Wink, I'll give you the honors again. First, as the visitor here on the pod, uh, who was your Defensive Player of the Year for the 49ers in the first half of 2023? It's the guy with that green dot. It's Fred Warner. I mean, he's just out there every single play. He's making plays. He's you know put, telling everybody where they need to be. He's always around the ball. I mean, the guy's just... He's an amazing football player. He's fun to watch. We've been spoiled as 49er fans with middle linebackers. We really have throughout, you know, pretty much my entire fandom. There's always been a great, at least one there in the middle of the field on that defense. And Fred Warner just continues to do it at a high level. He's fun to watch. He's a dude. He's a stud. Croc. I, I hate that I keep agreeing with Nick Winkler. I want to go in a different direction, but you know, I think he's right. And Nick Bosa, he's been playing very well. If if there's yeah. anyone out there that says no, Nick Bosa has been the MVP through half the season on the defense side of the ball. I, I understand it. He's near the top of the league, if not the top in, in pressures, quarterback hits, uh PFF rating is extremely high. Like he is playing very well. But I think when you talk about the just the impactful plays or you can feel the impact of a player, I feel like Fred Warner has flashed those moments more than Nick Bosa has early in this season. So I'm going to have to agree and go with uh, one Fred Warner. I'm going Nick Bosa. Um, I think the the stats and the numbers don't quite tell the story of how well he's played this year. Uh, and there's a little bit of a scapegoating with kind of both my MVP and my uh, uh, defensive player of the year because I do think they're both playing good football. And, you know, statistically it might look a little weird right now uh, with some of the turnovers the 49ers had with Brock Purdy and with, Nick Bosa, you know, not collecting a ton of sacks, you know, like one step away from getting home on a lot of sacks. But like uh, like John Lynch said that not only is he playing good, he's dominating right now. I think he's playing really well. He's playing well against the run. Nick Bosa is a dude and I have a feeling and and maybe uh, it'll really help to have Chase Young in-house, too, if he is a difference making player. Uh, that some sacks are going to start coming in bunches for the 49ers. And whether it's Bosa or Bosa chasing quarterbacks into the arms of other Defensive lineman for the 49ers. I think some sacks are coming in bunches, and, and Nick Bosa is going to have more of those. But just as far as how he's playing, uh, he's playing some big-time football and is, is still the most important player on that side of the ball. I sure hope you're right, because when you look at the 49ers defense as a whole, they have just 18 sacks, which is 25th in the NFL. It's like half of Baltimore who leads the league. That's not good. That, they've put a lot of money on the defensive side of the football. They need to get some sacks. We didn't mention- when, well, I was going to ask, when, when, when- when John Lynch says that Nick Bosa is dominating, so if, if he's dominating, then what are the other edge rushers that are in the top of the league and everything? Like, what are they doing? Well, they're yeah. getting replaced is what's happening. <laughs> the 49ers well, make I mean, two trades for different edge guys. They're, they're, like, trying to find who that guy's going to be. Clearly, they don't like what's happening on the other side. You know what I'm saying? The other elite guys, right? Because Nick Bosa, oh, like as far as the expectations, he's in a yeah. different category. So oh, when you look oh. at the other edge rushers and what they're doing, if if Nick is dominating, then what do we call what these guys are doing that have 
10 sacks, nine sacks, multiple forced fumbles, defensive touchdowns. Like, what is that? Uh, they Video have, game numbers. Their arms are two inches longer, and they're actually grabbing the quarterback. We're posting. <laughs> Miles Garrett, nine, what, what like uh, uh, 30, six sacks, five inch one game. arm length, Max Crosby. By the way, so right now there's like four or five defensive linemen that are on pace for potentially 10 sacks. Um, there is. Danelle Hunter leads the league right now with 10. And then there's three guys, the usual suspects, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, and Max Crosby all have nine and a half sacks right now. So, And Boza has what, two or three? Two? I'm looking right now. and I think three. There he goes. He has three. three. So he's 70, 74th in the NFL with three sacks. Yeah. Domination, Holmes. Now, again, the, and I know we're going to see the comments. Sacks aren't everything or whatever. But for me, I think when you look at this defense and how much they've needed it, a key down instead of a pressure where, you know, Cousins still gets the ball out or a quarterback hit where he still gets the ball out and completes the pass, I would probably prefer a sack in that moment where you get the defense off the field and maybe points off the board. So um, I think that the sacks can be misleading when it comes to how well someone is playing. But if we're going to use the word dominating, I think I don't know if that pertains to this version of Nick Bosa this year. Last year, that was dominant Nick Bosa. This year, yeah. it's like you know, he's playing very good, very good. Mm-hmm. Crock likes things up for hard, hard to argue there. Um, let's go to rookie by the way, just a couple of names. How about Diamador Lenore, super dark horse defensive player of the year? Nobody talks about how well. good Dino is playing. Uh, and you know, there's been some other guys that are playing on that side of the ball. Greenloff, he can stay healthy, he's fun to watch, he's everywhere all the time. And we didn't even mention Brandon Ayuk on the offensive side of the ball either. I think Armstead's also playing extremely well in that yeah. D line. Absolutely. Um, they need to get home. Sacks, right, Croc? Yeah. Some of them it, sacks. You get home, I, I think we're having a different discussion. Yeah. I think that's how uh, you win this weekend. Obviously, 49ers haven't had a lot of high draft picks recently because of some of the uh, other moves they've made. So a little bit more difficult for rookie of the year this year. Uh, who you guys got? Rookie of the year. The, their first pick, we hard, hardly one guy, seen. right? Mayor Brown hasn't been on there. Uh, Jake Moody is in the fans' doghouse after a couple missed kicks. Uh, we just had two fifth rounders that got activated to practice for the first time this week with Beal and um, with Beal and Luter. So, rookie of the year in the first half of the 49ers is a little bit more difficult than most seasons. I think Nick and I agree on this. It's got to be Jake Moody. Right? He's the only one. <laughs> <laughs> He's had the most success, right. uh, you know, like he, there's a few failures in there, but he also had, you know, a lot of success. Uh, he started off the season, didn't miss a field goal or an extra point for, I mean, how many games, you know, I think it was, it was up until what week up six, until the loss. where, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of, kind of hurt, hurt a little bit, but a <laughs> <laughs> couple, uh, couple big I mean, misses in that game. No other rookies are really contributing. So this is kind of like winner by default. Ronnie Bell. No. He, what has he done? Uh, he's got a yeah, nice touchdown against yeah. the Giants. Yeah, no, nice touchdown against the Giants. Sure. He, I was there. Uh, he hasn't missed any field goals. Uh, he's only he's only got four catches though, <laughs> or no, th- sorry, four targets, three catches for thirty-one in, in the touchdown. And kind of, I was hoping to see more Ronnie Bell when Debo was out. He's to be done. honest with you, and and you know, maybe that's a, a potential change they could make if Debo doesn't end up playing. He was back at practice to start the week, limited. Um, but and Kyle talked about the lack of speed, and I saw that too. Like I, I don't want to see a one for one swap of Juwan Jennings playing for for Debo anymore. I, you mentioned some of those 
interceptions that Purdy threw too is because I don't think Jennings was in the right spot and getting through his routes as quickly as someone like Debo. So uh, it's impactful when you lose a player like, like Debo Samuel. And uh, yeah, it's gotta, it's gotta be Jake Moody because nobody else has really played, but you know, Ronnie Bell, I think deserves, and uh, we haven't really seen much of the other guys that have been uh, either inactive or just maybe playing, you know, a role on special teams. I just can't believe we got through the MVP talk without mentioning Mitch Wisnowski because you're That's talking true. about a guy who is the guy you're talking about guys in the league. I mean, right now dudes top 10 in average punting, right? So that's, that's all right. That, that's pretty, that's pretty average, but he's also number two in net in the league inside the 20, 14 to 25. That's 56%. That's second best in the NFL. Only one touchback on the entire season for Wisnowski so far. This dude is a stud. He puts the 49ers defense in great position every time. And it's, it's, you know, you talk about fun to watch. Wisnowski pun the ball. That's fun to watch. He's always doing something crazy with it, spinning it sideways, doing some trying to drop it right in. You know, doing the coffin corner kick. I'm a, you know me. I'm a Wisnowski guy, and no. and he's bringing it. He's worth the price of admission, man. Get tickets for the when the 49ers go three and out. That's the that's when the game really <laughs> in San Francisco 49. You can change the field position. Minutes. That's huge. He's done, uh, yeah, Wisnowski has done terrific with that. Uh, Peacock mentioned something a, a few minutes ago where he said that Kyle talked about the lack of speed. And it's just so funny hearing the person that picks the players, you yeah. pick these receivers, yeah, <laughs> you decide who you keep, enough. and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, we don't have enough speed. It's like, well, you, these are the guys you pick. Yeah, And we talk about every year, like, you pick these type of guys where it's like they don't really care about the 40-yard dash. It's all about their uh, three-cone and ability to, you know, just kind of be able to separate in short areas for the most part, most of these guys. Uh, but you draft the guys that don't have that kind of speed. Well, he did draft a guy that has that kind of speed, Danny Gray, but yeah. who, he's in who, my not, who knows? Not one of the players whose practice windows was was mm-hmm. open here, and I mean, we're beyond eight weeks. I don't know what injury he's got that is continuing to keep him continuing to keep him out this long, but. Um, yeah, at least he he, I mean, he can do one thing good, uh, and you know maybe he's developed more into. The, I mean, the wide receivers get better and better, and especially in their second years, the second third years when the wide receivers get uh, make the most improvement. Um, and he was making some plays in training in uh, in training camp that we saw when we were there. So maybe there's more to Danny Gray. Would love to see him get activated just to see what it looks like. A, a lot of the reason why receivers get better and better is the mental part of it, right? Like getting into the NFL, especially if you're playing in a difficult offense. You know, you're learning on the fly. You're thinking a whole lot. So it kind of slows you down a little bit. Uh, that might be his issue as well. But his issue, early on, we identified things when he was coming out. A lot of people didn't like me saying it. But I'm like, there's there's a lot of issues with the way that he plays. He doesn't really play true to his 40-yard dash speed. Unless you maybe watch the highlight. But if you just watch, sit and watch a game, it's like guys are def- guarding him. And this was one of the examples I used. Like, they were guarding him like he ran a 4-6. Like they were sitting on the lower shoulder and and you know can't get out of the top of his brakes and all type of things. I'm like, why? Why you? Why? Okay, you want the speed? Why'd you draft this guy for speed? Because he doesn't really play true to the four three speed. And and it's something that he would really have to learn to you know uh, use the threat of his speed a lot more or have some more uh, creativity in his routes and being able to create that separation. And uh, it's something that so far it, he hasn't been able to be consistent with that. So. Yeah, we'll see. And I could I could listen to Croc break down coverage film all day long. Mm-hmm. I love it. I really do. By the way, I, Croc's wearing the the hoodie today. You can't tell. Dude's putting on some weight and some muscle, like bodybuilder style. Because he was super skinny last time I saw him. 
he's he's getting big over there and i don't know if he's trying to sweat it sweat out some weight right now uh, <laughs> on if you're watching this on youtube but uh keep an eye on croc dude he's getting swole over here i'm trying i hit the gym earlier this morning with my big brother uh that was fun uh pushing some weight around if you're in the stockton area you're gonna see croc at the gym and uh get some pointers on your DB oh. while you're there I run into listeners of the podcast all the time. And I think nice. people, that, you know, they're looking at me and it's like, is it him? I think it's him. And then finally they'll come over and say, um, are you Eric Crocker? Man, I listen to Locked On all the time. So I, I get that. My, my wife is my witness right here because a lot of times I'll be, I have my headphones and I'm talking to her. And babe, how often do I get stopped? Somebody asking me. <laughs> Yeah, she said I can't even get through a workout. Like it, it happens every day. So like, hey, a lot of listeners, shout out to all the Stockton listeners uh, to Locked On. They don't know me for Eric Crocker, uh, football player at all. They Eric Crocker, Locked On 49ers host. Yeah, two oh nine. Everydayers, shout out to all the everydayers out there. Say hi if you see us. Appreciate you, Wink. Thanks for thanks for joining us here as always. And Croc and I, of course, will be back tomorrow. It's time for a new week, some NFL football for the San Francisco 49ers after the bye. We're to do that crossover on Thursday with Wig, Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars. And we will talk to you then right here, Locked On 49ers. See ya.